Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Now, this ought to be some encouragement to those Christians that he's referring, he's writing this letter to. Because remember, they're on the run. They're they're being persecuted not only by their fellow countrymen, but also Rome, the unbelievers. They are persecuting these young converts. And so this is an encouragement to them because Peter's saying to them, Who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. Pastor Rob continues in chapter 3 of Peter's first epistle by examining Peter's encouragement to the new Christians who are in the midst of persecution from unbelievers around them. In this section of scripture, Peter tells us that as believers in Christ, we are to distinguish ourselves by doing good, even when faced with pagan hostility, because God will always vindicate the righteous. And now, let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Last week we got into, we started in chapter 3, beginning in verse 8, and we got down through about verse 12 or so. And I'd like to just back up and read that those verses, and then the verses that we're going to cover this morning, just to kind of get a context, and then we'll dig right into it. Peter, writing to these dispersed Christians, these Jewish believers, as they have been dispersed from the day of Pentecost and under persecution, on the run, he writes to them, he says, Finally, all of you, be of one mind and have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good, and let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But here's our verse for the day. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good rather than doing evil. So, Father, we just thank you for your word, and we pray that, Lord, you would help us and just encourage us in it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's look at verse 13. It says, And all you who will, who is he who will harm you if you are followers of what is good? Now, this ought to be some encouragement to those Christians that he's referring, he's writing this letter to. Because remember, they're on the run. They're, they're being persecuted not only by their fellow countrymen, but also Rome. The unbelievers, they are persecuting these young converts. And so this is an encouragement to them because Peter's saying to them, who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? You know, one of the themes in this letter is not only to submitting to God's order, and we've looked at that, and and we've seen our, our role really, the roles that God has placed in our lives, how we are to submit to governments, we are to submit to one another, wives are to submit to their husbands, and masters are supposed to, or uh, servants are supposed to submit to their masters. Even when things aren't going well, even when there is persecution, and that's always the hardest thing. That's always the greatest test, because we can do really wonderful things, and we can even do it with a smile when things are going well. When things are tough, when things are difficult, that's when we find out really what we're made of, really what our, what, you know, what we are made of. And so Peter is writing to them, who is going to do you any harm if you become a follower of what is good? And there is a reward for following what is good. And we know that we follow Jesus. We know that we follow him. In Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, it says this, Paul writing to the Galatians, he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So he's speaking to them in agrarian terms, right? Because most of them were farmers. Whatever you sow, that is what you're going to receive back. For he that sows to his flesh, what's the result of sowing to the flesh? You shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That's your, that's your blessing. That's what you receive as a wage for following Jesus Christ. You reap life everlasting. I'd say that's pretty good. Because the Bible says that, um, you know, uh, actually I forgot what it said. Let's go on. It was a really good verse, too. It's all good. But notice what he says in verse 9 there of Galatians 6. He says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. And that's, the, that's a really good word for us, to not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We shall reap in due season. And and see, we're in it for the long haul. Our Christianity is not just something that we do today and that we we put on pause or we put it in a box and we we bring it out whenever it's convenient for us. Usually we bring it out, we, we bring the Lord out of his box that we put him in when we are facing a calamity. When the doctor says, you've got a tumor that's inoperable in your brain. You got six months, Max. We usually pull him out of the box when a friend or a loved one or a spouse or a child passes away and we're at our wit's end and then we pull the Lord out of the box like a lucky charm and we rub that lamp and we say, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And you know, God is so gracious. He always shows up in our greatest need if we're sincere. But he wants to be more than that to us, not just a a, a rabbit's foot. A rabbit's foot is... 
superstition. (laughs) But God is real, and he will always show up when you are in your most desperate need. But notice, for the most part, you will not have problems if you do good and if you follow that which is good. But problems may come to you even though you didn't necessarily do anything to prompt it or deserve it. Trouble has a way of finding you no matter what, to the unbeliever and to the believer. And this is where we need to take it patiently and realize that the same thing happened to Jesus and to the apostles, and we are no different. We face the same things. But if you're following that which is good, you're going to be much better off. Because isn't it true? If you're in trouble, trouble is going to be compounded to you. But if you do good, you may receive persecution at some point. But most of the time, when we're doing good, we're, we're in obedience. And there's no fight when there's obedience, is there? Usually there's not. But when you resist, then there's a problem. When we are disobedient, when we are rebellious, that's when we run into the problems. But doing good and doing well, very seldomly do you really run into any trouble. And if you do, it's not the kind of trouble that is difficult to, to undergo because you do it for the glory of Jesus. In Romans 13, Paul said this to them. He says, rulers, he goes, the powers that be all around us, the powers that are, are ordered by God. They're ordained by him. And he says, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, then be very afraid. And really, that's what our governments and our authorities that we have in our life, they're there to keep order, to, to hold back the, 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 the tidal wave of sin in each of our lives, and especially an unbeliever. They are there for that purpose. And if you disobey, then you've got trouble coming to you. But most of us, hopefully all of us, are Christians, and we're willing to obey. And there's no problems. There's no problems when we obey, usually. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who what? Practices good? No, one who practices evil. So if you do good, you're going to see good days. In fact, isn't that what it says in the, in the verses that we, that we looked at last week? He says, He who would love life and see good days, let him do these things. Number one, let him refrain his tongue from evil. If you, wanna, if you love life, and don't you love life? You know, I didn't really love life until I came to Christ, and now I love life. Everything about it. I love the good things and the bad things, because the bad things, the difficult things, the things that challenge me, make those other days look really good. Don't they? It's all comparative, isn't it? It's all relative. We look outside today, and we're, we've all got a smile on our face. Well, you should have a smile on your face. Everybody smile. Because it's beautiful outside. It's cold, but it's beautiful. Something we haven't seen in a while. Puts a smile on our face. But if you would love life and see good days, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Notice, you have to turn away from something and then do something else. It's not enough just to turn away from evil and just kind of sit and do nothing. No, you've got to turn from that and then do good. It's very active. And it has to be that way. And finally, let seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Isn't that what Jesus said? Blessed are the peacemakers. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. Truly happy, truly fortunate are they who are peacemakers. We are blessed if we are peacemakers. And those things do. But verse 14, back in chapter 3 of Peter here, he says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, (laughs) say that three times really quick, you are blessed. You are truly blessed, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The word blessed there is the same word that we have in the Beatitudes. You remember in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor. And he goes and he gives this long list. Each one of those blessed, 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 it's the same exact word that Peter is using right here. He's saying, blessed. Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, righteousness sake, you are blessed. You are fortunate. You are happy. You are blessed. You are encouraged. The Greek word is makarios. It's the same word that we have here. In fact, later on, we're going to get right into this, this next chapter where Peter's going to tell them. He said, Beloved, do not think it strange. Don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, because many of the people he was writing to were going to suffer. Some nominally, some were going to suffer very cruelly. And thank God, you and I, we really don't suffer too much, and I'm so glad for that. I mean, nobody likes to suffer, and it would be twisted and weird to think, well, I want to suffer for Christ. Trust me, when you suffer for Christ in his time, he's going to give you the grace to deal with that. And you're not going to become some, it's not going to be some kind of sick and weird thing. We're going to see that here in a few minutes. The disciples felt the same way. He said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. That's just par for the course of being a Christian. Are you offended when somebody calls you a name, when somebody calls you Mr. or Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes? When somebody says, holier than thou? When somebody looks at you and, you know, and gives you some kind of pious look? When you're overlooked for that promotion because they, the boss knows that you're a Christian. When you're snarled at, when you go to the store and people see you with your Jesus shirt on or something like that. He said, but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when, he is, when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. And so we ought to be willing to suffer persecution. Be willing. It's not something you look for. It's not something you even enjoy. But if need be, whether it be physical or uh, social, social persecution, doesn't matter. It's a small thing, really, in comparison, if you think of what Jesus has done for us. I mean, he's given us everything, isn't he? That's why worship is a response to what he's done. He literally took the death upon him that you and I deserve, that we will never see death or hell ever. I mean... I like to think about that. (laughs) I like to think about the eternity. Briefly, I like to think about this. I like to think about the great gulf between us and where I was headed and and, and what he did for me. And now I'll never see that place. I don't even need to think about it. But I can think upon the glories and and the pleasures forevermore, as it says. And his presence is fullness of joy where there are pleasures forevermore. Holy pleasures, good things. Not the twisted things of this earth, but holy things. Do you desire that? Do you desire to be in his presence? And you can be in his presence now. You can be in his presence when you open your Bible this morning, when you pray. Know that God is with you. He is Emmanuel. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. He's God with you. 
You may not feel him. You may not sense him. Other times you may sense him and be weeping because you sense his presence. And other times you feel as cold as a stone, but he is nonetheless there with you. Don't let your feelings dictate to you whether he's there with you or not. He said, I'll be with you. So we have the assurance. He goes on in, in, this, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed, here's our word again, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But notice, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. You know, sometimes a Christian will say, well, you know, I got, I got, I got busted for shoplifting. Maybe they've got a weakness and they get busted for doing something and then they're, the police come and they're putting, them, putting the handcuffs on them and getting, getting ready to put them in the police car to take them downtown. I'm being persecuted. You know, I'm a Christian, I'm being persecuted. No, you're just, you got what you deserved, right? That's not persecution. When you do something like that, that's why Peter says this, you know, don't let any of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer. You got what's coming to you. But don't bring Jesus into it. <laughs> You're, it's, it's all on you for that, right? Peter rejoiced. Remember the apostles in Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 40. Peter and the apostles were before the Sanhedrin. Remember, they were ministering in the temple on, after the day of Pentecost. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, notice, they called them, they told them not to speak anymore in Jesus' name, and they beat them, and they commanded that they should no longer speak in the name of Christ, and they let them go. Notice what happened. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That may sound to you like some kind of twisted, weird thing. But when you do it and you're doing it, and you're doing what he has called you to do, and you suffer any, for any reason, there's something in your heart that says, well done, well done. It's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because they did it to me, and they're going to do it to you. But Christian, don't feel like you've got to worry about persecution. Do you know how many millions of Christians have lived and passed on and never been beaten, never been put to death for their faith? The vast majority have never seen that kind of persecution. So we don't need, really need to worry about that, but just be willing. Say, Lord, you know, if, if I'm in a place where these kinds of things happen, let me shine for you. Let me, let me glorify you in it, because it very rarely happens. The extent of our persecution is somebody looking at us funny or making a snide remark. I've gotten them, too, because I, I wear these Jesus shirts, you know, and sometimes I go to Wegmans. Most of the time I get really encouraging things. You find out who the Christians are at Wegmans. I'm walking along with my cart, you know, and I got all my stuff in there, and somebody will come up and say, love that shirt, man. I wish I could do that. And I'm like, you can, you know, because they're afraid. Because everyone sees it. Jesus is God. You wear a shirt like that, you're either going to get complimented or you're going to get beat up, (laughs) especially in our culture. But, you know, nobody's beat me up yet. That's why I'm going to start lifting weights. (laughs) I'm going to take my protein drinks and you know, get all pumped up and just be this towering shadow. Are you going to mess with me? (laughs) Jesus loves you, my friend. (laughs) I'm only kidding. It's tempting. No, no, that's just the flesh. 
But, you know, think of, of, of that, you know. Be a, be a light wherever you're at, and don't worry about all that other stuff. I, I've, as much as I've worn that, I've never had to worry. Most people in here have not had any troubles either. You know, we've got a few stories, but nothing of significance. So don't worry. Just serve Jesus Christ. And it can be lonely at times, being a Christian. But notice what Proverbs says in Proverbs 18, verse 24. It says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And you may be lonely, but Jesus is going to stick to you closer than a brother, more than any human relationship, more than a spouse, more than a real blood brother. God will stick to you. He will cleave to you, and you can cleave to him. He sticks closer to you than a brother. And he says, and do not be afraid, verse 14 of back here in Peter, don't be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Jesus even said this in Matthew 10, verse 28, he says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It's like, why should I worry about what somebody may say about me? Why should I worry about somebody, what somebody does to me in, in the end? Because all they can do is take my life. But moments later, I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ. For, to be absent from the body, as the Bible says, to be present with the Lord. I don't need to worry. In verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you of a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness, and in fear. I love this word sanctify because when we think of sanctify, we, we've really hammered on this phrase a lot over the last several months. And the idea is separation. The idea, it's a, it's a, it's a Greek word, hagiotso, and it means to purify or to consecrate, to make, to make, um, to hallow. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, separate, alone separate from all things impure. And I love this definition. It means to be separate from profane things and dedicated to God. Remember, separate from something and dedicated to. It's not good enough just to be separated from. Now you need to be dedicated to with all of your heart. All of your heart. What are you afraid of? To be completely dedicated, to be totally sold out for Jesus Christ. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of losing a friend? Are you afraid of a family member turning their back on you? Are you afraid of an unbelieving spouse who's finally going to say, you know what, now you've crossed the line. I'm out of here. You be sold out for the Lord and let him figure all that out. Your heart before him. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Another rendering could be this. Literally in the Greek, you could read this phrase like this, but set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. But set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Is Jesus Christ Lord in your heart? You may say that he's Lord, but is he? Is he Lord in your heart, in your heart? Not just in your life. Is he Lord in your life? Does he have his word governing your heart, your life, or is he just a part of your life? Christians who have just Jesus as a part of their life are usually the weakest, the most vulnerable to temptation, and are the first to backslide. Because they have not made him their all in all. Why? Simply because Christ is not that important to them, and their life is a demonstration of it. 
They don't want to be too serious. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.